Well, let's welcome you back to This Week in the Association. I'm Rob Vanier, joined once again by my good buddy Kevin Luco. And this week, Kevin and I are honored to welcome a first-time guest to the show, Kyle Savetich, who's doing a, a great podcast about the Gary South Shore Railcats that we're learning a little bit about here tonight. So, Kyle, thanks join, for joining us here. Oh, thank you guys for having me. It's a real pleasure. I wasn't really expecting this, you know. <laughs> so it's, it's a real pleasure to be with you guys. Well, well, let's first of all talk about how do you get your interest in the Gary South Shore Railcats and turning that into a podcast? We'll go back a couple years, actually, uh, right before COVID hit. Um, I was in the military, and I didn't really know what I wanted to do. Um, so I joined uh, Illinois Media School, so I started kind of getting into broadcasting a little bit. Um, I worked with uh, Region Sports Network for a little bit. That's uh, Northwest Indiana. They do a lot of stuff on Facebook, so I was helping out with that. And then COVID hit really hard, so I, that wasn't a job opportunity for me in that. So then I got a normal job, as some people would say. And then uh, about – it's almost been about a year. Um, I got married, wife, that kind of stuff. So I was like, you know what, I really need some, like, personal time, you know, kind of get back to what I like doing. Um, and that's being, you know, doing podcasts and stuff like that. And then, you know, with the Gary South Shore Railcats, like new leadership, new kind of regime, it was just kind of the perfect time to kind of step in and try to grow the sport a little bit, especially the American Association in, in the eyes of everyone else. And then Gary South Shore in general, I know Gary kind of gets a bad rep for being Gary, but you know, I've, like I said, I've gone to plenty of the ball, ball games. And I don't feel once like I've been unsafe there. So it's a great environment. They do a wonderful job on the field. The the players are always sometimes eager to, to hang out with fans and stuff like that. So it's a fun interaction to kind of get that level that you kind of don't get at the major league level or even affiliate ball, um, that kind of stuff. So it's just kind of one of those I want to kind of bring uh, life to the Gary South Shore Railcats and then the life to the American Association in general. Um, it's a fun place to go, fun place to play, be at. And as any ball game, you know, you go to baseball, America's pastime. So it's always an enjoyment to go kind of grow the sport again. Now, before going a couple of years ago, you know, kind of before the pandemic began, had you been familiar with American Association baseball at all? Not, not necessarily. Um, like I said, the only time I've really been at the steel yard was uh, I – when I was younger, I was in the Little League, they did the hit pitch run, and that was, like, where they kind of held, like, the regional finals kind of deal was there. So I've been on the field a couple times. Uh, and then, like, the high school classics, they normally have some high school teams play um, on the field. I never got the chance to play on the field, but uh, I knew uh, one of my best friends in high school, his brother got to play. So we went there and watched a handful of times. So this was, like, my first kind of official year stepping into, you know, wanting to kind of get into it. Um, it was just one of those things that was always kind of on the back burner a little bit, but the more I kind of started to pay attention to in the off season and try to get more intrigued with it, I was really eager to kind of get this going because it's one of those things that not a lot of people are discussing or talking about. So I kind of want to get into that realm of kind of grow a, grow a regional game and not so much worry about, um, what's going on in the major league. You know, you'd be able to go to a, a ball ball game for, you know, under $15 and you get to enjoy a game, you know, get to interact with players. And, you know, a lot of it is I see a lot of kids are involved in it. And I think that's one way to keep baseball going is keeping the kids involved with it. So it's just one of those that I want to take a hobby of mine and, you know, just kind of turn it into something that people can be aware of and, and get people going back to the American Association and that kind of stuff. 
Now, as you watch the Railcats play these last few years, uh, big change with Lamar Rogers coming in to take over for Greg Taggart. How's your feeling about Lamar and the job that he's doing with the club? I think he is doing a phenomenal job. Um, all respect to Greg Taggart, I think he did. I mean, it's hard to fill his shoes. Uh, you know, being 15, 15 years with the Gary South Shore Railcats, I was listening to a little bit of you guys' podcast with him episode a little bit ago. Uh, right before I kind of got on to kind of get a feel of how the podcast is going to run. Um, but like I said, you know, he said that it was his home, that kind of deal. And for Lamar to come in and kind of, you know, change the culture, which he really has. I mean, the the beginning roster of the Railcats versus what the roster was at the end of the year, a totally handful of difference. You know, uh, Greg was more of, let's play defense, small ball, and Lamar Rogers more like, let's get this ball out of the ballpark, let's throw some heavy hitters in there, let's get some pitching going. Um, so it, it's two different kinds of realms. I mean, especially you saw with Sam Abbott hitting, you know, franchise record, 20 home runs in a single season, which, you know, doesn't seem like a lot, you know, for other teams, but that's huge for Gary South Shore because that's just not, they're not used to it. We're not used to seeing that kind of play. So it's been different. It's been exciting. Um, I know there's a handful of pieces that, you know, he wants to probably bring in a little bit more. Uh, Lamar Rogers in this, uh, he wants a starting pitcher that can be a relief pitcher and a relief pitcher that can be a starting pitcher. So it's kind of weird how he works the dynamic that way. It's not your traditional, here's your five guys, they're going to start, here's your relief, and here's your, you know, here's your closer. So it's kind of been, um, how should I say, it's been weird to kind of navigate through. But I've been really impressed on what he's done. I mean, he's brought a professional atmosphere to the Railcats. Um, I got to actually meet with him a little bit before the season started. They did a uh, like a a brewery. They they released a new beer. Um, the Railcats did with the local brewery, and they kind of like a meet and greet. So I was able to kind of talk to him a little bit and kind of get his background and kind of the feel for the team. So it was interesting talking to him. I mean, he's a very humble guy. Um, willing to answer any questions. So he's just a great overall person. I think he is something um, that will kind of br- keep the legacy going for the Gary South Shore Redcats, if that makes sense. Yeah, I'm kind of curious from the outside, you know, being following the American Association here for a while, you go, wow, Sam Abbott hit 20 homers. What a, what a huge deal that is in Gary. Did did fans really see that as a big deal, or is it kind of like, well, everybody hits, has a team that hits 20 homers? I mean, did, were they catching on the historical part of his season? Oh, yes. Uh, that is um, – there. there's actually a group um, – I'm probably going to butcher their names, uh, but they are the, the uh, rowdy, rowdy cowboy gang kind of deal. They go to all the games. They've actually um, kind of been – uh, driving force behind the podcast of mine, actually. You know, I was doing it for a little bit. Nothing was really catching on. And then one of the guys actually started following, and uh, we were able to kind of talk about this. And the people that watch the Railcats and go to every game, they they know how big of an, you know, big that is. I mean, a lot of them, we, you know, I just got done just kind of discussing, you know, Sam Abbott's 20 home runs. And the one guy's like, well, they did bring in the bullpen from the right field, but the thing is about Sam Adams, all of his home runs, except maybe one or two, were moonshots. I mean, they were just – the ball just went. And that was one thing that, you know, it was impressive. He came in a little bit later in the season. So if he would have gotten that full season, I kind of wonder where he would have been. There was also a lot of rotation at first and DH with, you know, with Tom Wallraven and that kind of stuff. You know, they want to kind of keep him in the lineup. There was a lot of times that it was a – 
uh, Burgess and Abbott would switch between first, and then Nova and Walraven would kind of change between third, but Walraven kind of solidified himself as a DH, and there was a little bit of rotation at first. I don't think Sam Abbott fully got the full ability to, to show off his power completely. Um, not saying that his batting, he was more of a, I'm going to either hit on run or I'm going to strike out kind of person. So it kind of fits Lamar Rogers scheme, but the batting average cause it wasn't quite there. So it's kind of hard to keep him in the lineup sometimes. Now, what kind of access or, or interaction do you have with the team podcasting for the show, for the club? Um, I don't really have, um, uh, if that makes sense, I'm kind of a, a fan just doing a podcast. Um, if that okay. kind of makes sense, I just kind of sit back and kind of enjoy the vir- environment. Um, like I said, I was able to talk to Tom Walraven, um, a little bit, uh, at the end of the year, I got to take a picture with him, kind of talk to him about his future, what he wants to do, um, that kind of stuff. So, you know, maybe this year I can kind of break that a little bit more, um, kind of, you know, get more field access, that kind of stuff, or, or talk to him. You know, I just don't want to overstep my boundaries um, as much as, you know, just trying to get I, – I, it's more of a hobby than a job, so I kind of take it as that, and I don't want to um, take anything for granted, if that makes sense. You know, it does – it makes a lot of sense. I don't know about you, Rob, but I know I have – did a blog covering the St. Paul Saints, and I really got it rolling in 2012. It was their, I guess it would have been their, I'm trying to do the math here, but their 20th anniversary season. And I did a blog, and I decided, well, they weren't really covering the anniversary stuff too well. So I did a blog, I kind of recap in every season of the ball club. And then all of a sudden I start hearing rumblings at the ballpark like, hey, are you the one doing the blog? Hey, can't wait till the next year comes out. I was an intern that year. Can't wait to hear about that one. And so I know stuff like this, it kind of happens organically. You just do it, and if you believe in what you're doing, eventually it's going to catch some ears, it's going to catch some eyes, and and that's where the growth comes from. And, Rob, I believe the same things happen with with our – with this week in the association, too, that, you know, we were doing it. At times, we kind of wondered who was listening. But then, you know, you keep plugging at what you're doing, and eventually you're going to get noticed somehow. And I, I think that's the, what the real thrill in doing all this is. So that's why I think I think you really got some fun days to look ahead to. And I think as you roll along, you know, the team's going to catch on. They're, they are going to send guys your way. So, I, you know, I can't wait to see what – comes of what you're doing well we saw Kyle I appreciate that oh sorry (laughs) I I want to say we saw that we saw that Ryan Zimmerman is following the program out there so I'm I'm sure that the team is really looking at you know how this could be a great advantage to them I got pretty excited about that yeah I mean like I said it's not so much um that I want to put myself in the limelight. It's more of I want to put Gary South Shore on the limelight. I mean, it's always been growing up in Northwest Indiana. You always hear about them, you know, that kind of stuff. And it's just more of bringing uh, an awareness to the Railcats, but then on the flip side, bringing, you know, awareness to the American Association. You know, I go to work and I, I talk about, 
you know, this year me and my wife got season tickets, that kind of stuff. So, it, it, you know, trying to bring people to the game and, and try to expand their horizons on just looking at, you know, the five major sports and that's all they talk about. You know, not saying that's always going to catch on, but it's just those little nuances that, you know, you, you kind of get and, you know, going to the ballpark and you get the people that, you know, say, oh, hey, you do this or you do that. You know, it's the fun interactions you get with the people, you know, that actually care about the team and want to be, you know, part of the discussions. And that, I mean, that's what I kind of want to bring on is, you know, not so much a discussion between the podcast and me and the listeners, but like if I go to the ballpark and, you know, just have that kind of conversation, you know, what your thoughts are, hear thoughts, you know, it's just my thoughts being portrayed on a computer and people are listening and it's always interesting to see. I love listening to what other people have. I like to have discussions and that kind of stuff. So that's why I kind of like doing this stuff is because of discussions and, you know, you get the diehard people that you can really have a long conversation about something. It's always the, the thrilling part to me. Who became your favorite player to watch this past year? Oh, Lord. <laughs> that, um, see, I'm a big stickler for numbers. Um, and my number's always been 25, and Jesus Mariaga has number 25, and he's been really fun to watch, him in the outfield, his speed, that he's just flying all over center field. But, I mean, there's a whole bunch of people that, you know, even early on you had M.G. Rucker, um, that he was, you know, he was only with the team for a little bit, but then um, he flew in there and he kind of made himself known a little bit, but then he kind of got released. So it's it's about... You know, Tom Wallraven was a big, huge one. I think he was a fan favorite amongst most of the Gary South Shore Railcats uh, fans. He's with you know team for three years, technically four, but the COVID year kind of screwed that up. Um, I think a lot of people are enjoying watching Daniel Ogall play, that kind of stuff. I think, um, you know, Sam Abbott is catching a lot of attention just because based on his pure power, and that's the way, you know, baseball's kind of going now is more of the home run ball. So those people are always catching people's attention. Um, so I, there's just a lot that it's kind of hard for me to just say one person because I've actually enjoyed watching them all play. Um, I kind of have this saying that I like to, you know, I don't root against anyone that plays in the American Association or at least, the, you know, the, the Railcats um, just because I want them to succeed and maybe get their contracts purchased. So I think it's one of those that I kind of favor everyone. And have no favorites, if that makes sense. As you watch this team this last season, you know, you have Thomas Wallraven had a huge season for home runs, and of course, Sam Abbott with his huge season. Do you see the potential for this club could be a 125 home run per season kind of club? Oh, yes. I, I for sure see it, you know. Um, just bringing in, you got LG Castillo, you're going to bring back, uh, Thomas Greeley, you're going to bring back, Sam Abbott, bringing back, um, Lester Madden, uh, Victor Nova, um, Sherman Graves, uh, played with the Salt Dogs and then came over to the Railcats. They got big power numbers. So it's going to, it's going to be very hard to find, um, players that are just going to hit for contact. Um, I know, I know maybe you're Michael Woodworth. And your Daniello and Guall is going to hit for more of a contact, but they still have that power numbers where they can hit some home runs. So it's going to be very – there's not a lot of um, people that can't go up the plate and hit a home run. Uh, club's been very active lately, 
signed a lot of guys from last year. Just looking out there today, as a matter of fact, I believe they brought back Victor Nova and Julio Vivas to the club there. So what's your thoughts about moves that manager Lamar Rogers have been making right now? Uh, they're, you know, you know, looking at back at the season, um, I was expecting most people to kind of return. There was a handful that I was, and then, you know, maybe not so much. Uh, Jackson Smith was probably the main one. He just doesn't fit that Lamar Rogers, you know, pedigree. He doesn't fit that mold. Um, but I think bringing in Thomas Greeley, you know, that's more of his style. He he's a defensive catcher, but then he can hit for numbers and power. Um, so it's just kind of finding that mold and, you know, really seeing a lot of these players, even the pitching side of it, um, the pitchers that can pitch, you know, start and then can relieve that. I mean, like, he's very open about that's what he wants um, from most of his pitchers. So it's just kind of a different repertoire of what he has going on. So I guess I don't see too much moving. Um, I know there was a couple moves that were made that for future considerations, like in the Pioneer League and stuff like that. So I'm interested to see where those moves are going to come in uh, to play later down in the season or maybe early in the season. But uh, like I said, I think the roster is going to pretty much stay the same until maybe the All-Star break unless there's numbers just aren't quite there. I would gather you got to see a lot of the teams throughout the American Association this past season. So what 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 was the team that you came to really go, man, I hate when those guys come to town? Uh, I think naturally it has to be Chicago, um, just being close proximity. Um, but I think right off the bat, I uh, was probably maybe Kansas City. I know we didn't, you know, you don't really get to see the West that much, um, but you know, them just coming off of the, at the time, the American Association Championship, you know, you kind of want to take out the big dogs, um, that kind of stuff. But I think a big rivalry came between us and Cleburne. Um, those 12 games, the six and six games, really things got heated. Um, the Railcats were right there in the playoff race. And so it was Cleburne, you know, Cleburne started out really rough at the beginning of the year. And then all of a sudden they caught, they got, they caught fire. They met with the Railcats, you know, in Gary, and it was a battle back and forth, even when you went down to Cleaver. I mean, it was, you know, Gary would score 12 runs in one inning, and then Cleaver would come back and score 13. I mean, it was just uh, two people just fighting it back and forth. And so those were very entertaining games. They got very heated. I'm pretty sure there was close to being a fight happening in one or two of the games. Um, so I, though I think Cleaver kind of naturally built a rivalry between the two clubs. So I think they were the kind of ones that towards the later of the year, it was kind of looking forward to kind of, you know, kind of battling back and forth with. I'm glad you bring that up because I was going to mention that you say the ballpark is safe, but I saw a lot of stealing going on there when Gary and Kleber matched up. What was that like the, the night when, um, when Gary was just stealing bases at will, or I believe Kleber was it Kleber that did it in Gary, and then Gary returned the favor in Kleber, I believe. Yes, I believe Kleber broke the single season record first, and then Gary came around and broke it like the next series after. Um, I might be a little hazy on that one, but I know that was. Um, I, I'm a big fan of the small ball, the stealing the bases, that kind of stuff. That's the stuff you don't normally see anymore in the big leagues. Um, I, that was, it kind of got to the point where I'm like, all right, is someone just going to throw the ball down the second? Like something's got to happen. Someone's got to pick someone off somewhere. Um, but it, it was, 
when it starts to kind of get to that point where you're talking about breaking records, it kind of gets more interesting because you kind of want them to break a record because, you know, you can say, hey, look at this person broke this record, and I was here to kind of watch it. Um, but the Steel Fest is always kind of fun. But, you know, sometimes it's like, all right, someone's got to do something, you know, especially when Cleveland was doing it on Gary. It was kind of like, all right, just throw the, throw the ball down, please. Do, do something. Now, with your podcast, are you doing that after every game or just on, like, a weekly basis? Um, so last year, my work schedule fluctuate was fluctuating a lot. Uh, I work in retail, so my, it kind of fluctuates. But now um, I got a promotion within my job, so mine is kind of more solidified uh, as far as, like, the hours um, are more of morning hours. So it's just kind of depending on how long the games run. Um, hopefully with the pitch clock that changes a little bit. Um, but I try, if I do have time to do it right after the game, I will. Um, if not, it'll be maybe a handful of games after, but I try, I try not to let it go past at least two games because after you get past two games, it kind of jumbles up and you kind of forget some stuff here and there. So I, I try and do it after the games. Um, but more than likely if it's a home game, I'll probably get home late. So I won't really have the opportunity to do it. If it's an away game, it's easier for me to, go on American Association TV and then get off of that and go on my computer and, and have it set up. So um, it just kind of depends on what kind of night it is. Did you ever get to a point at any time during the season where it was like two nights where there were just pretty ordinary ball games and you're just thinking, okay, what am I going to talk about tonight? Did you hit the wall at any point during the year? I I don't necessarily don't think I did um, just because I kind of, you know, before I started doing the podcast, the, the year before, I kind of really started listening to the Railcats on the radio, so I was kind of already expecting um, to know kind of how sometimes the games go, you know, these high-scoring games. Um, I just kind of, if it was a big scoring game, you know, I'll just throw out a tweet, this is what happened. And then I'll wait for the next game, and I kind of blow past the blowout game. You know, it just it's not, like I said, it's a hobby, not a job. So I can kind of skip past the parts that I don't like. I can kind of cut the fat a little bit. Uh, but most of the time, there's always something to pick out of it, uh, you know, positives, negatives. I kind of like, that's how I like to dissect the game a little bit. Oh, what was, po you know, what was the positive out of, yeah, we got blown out, but this was positive here, you know, or we blew this team out here, but, the negative here, what we should work on and what, you know, what is their mindset and that kind of stuff. So I kind of like looking at the nitty gritty of that kind of stuff. So it's always entertaining, no matter what the score is. How, um, what's the word I'm going to use here? <laughs> How honest are you? <laughs> I guess just, I mean, do, do you want to try to be as positive about it or are you, you know, willing to throw out and go, Hey, look, man, we really threw in a clunker today. I, I throw caution with the wind a little bit. Um, I don't want to be, you know, so negative. You know, I, as I as I normally say in my podcast, this isn't, you know, major league players. You're not, you know, some of them were at one point or some touched the AAA, um, but they're not that level. So there's always something to work on, and I want everyone to succeed, if that kind of makes sense, especially with Gary. Um, so... I try not to be negative on that aspect of it because these they're not major league players. You know, most of the time these players, once the summer's over with, they go to normal jobs, they go back to school. You know, it's just 
sometimes just a summer fling. So it's, I don't want to be too hard on them um, in that aspect of it. And like I said, I'm still in that feeling out process of some of the players. I don't want to step on anyone's toes. You know, that I don't want to be that kind of person that's just always down on everyone. And then if I'm at the ballpark, no one wants to talk to me, that kind of deal. So it, it's not so much like, oh, this guy is, is really bad right now, so we're not going to talk about him. You know, yeah, he's in a slump, but, you know, he's done this prior or this and that. So, you know, you kind of can tell the players that are going to get cut, and when they when they get to that point, I kind of I don't want to talk about them too much because I don't want to look on the negatives. I want to look at the people that are stepping into that role and being more positive. So I like to try to spin it more positive. But, I mean, if they're on a 12-game losing streak and they're getting blown out every night, there's a lot of negatives I can talk about within reason. Makes sense. Well, Kevin and I learned before the show here tonight that you're quite the hockey fan as well. So, uh, you're, you're, you're the Hawks are your team. What are you feeling about where they're at right now? Um, you know, it's probably Kane and Taze last year with them. Trade deadline's coming up here um, shortly, so it's going to be interesting how that works out. Um, I was actually I was actually able to watch the World Juniors this year. Uh, watch Carter Bernard blow the scene up um, in, in the World Juniors and be crazy, which I, as much as I would love to have a number one player, like a, a franchise player like him, I just I never want to get my hopes up with the Hawks because, you know, you, you think to go in one direction, the next direction you're going downhill. So, you know, the, the glory days of, of winning three cups in six years are, are long gone from there. So, you know, I – I, uh, I enjoy watching, uh, you know, the, the minors or I'll watch other teams. So I kind of keep myself occupied within the hockey realm. Uh, but when the Hawks do play, I turn everything off and I still watch them no matter how bad it can get. Uh, so I'm a diehard fan from, from day one on that aspect of it. So uh, that love ain't going nowhere. I don't know. I just have a feeling Bedard's going to end up in Chicago. I just, I just, have, a, just have a sneaking suspicion that's going to happen. See, I was I was listening. I was on Facebook, and someone was talking about uh, spitting chicklets, and they were talking about um, potentially Bettman rigging the the lottery so that the Hawks don't get Bernard, uh, just because the whole thing with Kyle Beach and that kind of realm. So it's interesting to see if that really is going to be a part of that, which I highly doubt. I don't think. Um, you know, they don't want that getting out because I think that would ruin the NHL. Not, you know, the NHL is not like the NFL. The NFL can kind of get away with that. The NHL, you would lose viewership really quickly. Um, but it'd be interesting to see, um, you know, with Staylock, you know, was, the, the team was really hot at the beginning of the year and they kind of, you know, slowed back down and they're kind of picking it back up. Um, so they're going to play that game back and forth. But with the lottery, you, you just, you can't ever say, you know what, they're going to get the number one overall pick because, yeah, it's a, think it's a 12% chance and then you take the other teams that aren't going to be able to get it, it equals off a 25% chance. So it doesn't always mean it's going to happen. I mean, look at Arizona, how many times they've been dead last in the league and haven't got the number one overall draft. And as a Blackhawks fan, as we're recording this today, of kind of a dark day in Blackhawks history today with the passing of the Golden Jet Bobby Hall. Yeah, it was. Um, I know they cut ties with him about a year ago um, with his off-ice stuff. But, I mean, as a fan that wasn't able to watch him play, 
just knowing what he did for the league, um, you know, the, the invention of the curb stick, um, that kind of stuff, the, the, you know, the record that probably no one will touch um, with the Blackhawks unless Bernard plays for them, the goals. Um, I mean, Patrick Kane, he's about five years away from even thinking about touching that record. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see, you know, kind of how that goes about. But, you know, it's a sad day for Blackhawks fans as, as far as, you know, honoring a legend, what he did for the game of hockey and what he meant to the Blackhawks. I know some people are going to kind of look at his personal life and say, well, you can't really put him on a pedestal. I sometimes like to separate the person versus the player. So I think we should celebrate the player, but also look at, you know, what he did off ice as well. I was making the comment today. I said with the way um, Brett Hall's been going after his career ended, I, I thought maybe Bobby was going to all live Brett. Yeah, right. <laughs> Do you find that your interest in hockey is a little more at the NHL level, or do you watch a little more college hockey? Um, it was the NHL level. Um, I kind of came in <laughs> um, when the Blackhawks were on this unbelievable run in 2013. Uh, and, you know, being a person that wasn't around hockey, hockey wasn't part of my life. You know, I was hearing this run going on, and I said, you know what, I'm going to turn on a game. And I had a little TV in the kitchen, I would eat my dinner, and I'd watch the game. And then I just kind of started to really fall in love with the game, and it just happened the Blackhawks won in 2013. Uh, so I wasn't around for the 10-era, you know, team, but the 13 through then, that was, you know, every game I watched, every single game, um, and I loved every aspect of it. I'm a huge Corey Crawford fan. I have his jersey signed up above. Um, behind me. So if you ever go on the podcast, you'll see the jersey behind me, um, that kind of stuff. So I, like I said, I at, at first it was the NHL. Now with a bunch of players kind of leaving and, you know, trying to find that next person that's going to step in. I'm a big goalie person. So I'm always interested to see, you know, who might be the next goalie. I mean, right now you have two that are in the, the pipeline in the AHL, uh, Arvid Soderblom and then, um, uh, Jackson Stahlberg, but I'm really high on Drew Camesso. Uh, he plays for BU, and he was in the Olympics um, for, the, for the United States after the NHL, so they aren't going to send any players. So I've kind of been high on him a little bit, um, but obviously it's his last year uh, in BU. Well, it's a junior, so he either is going to sign or he's going to stay another year. So it's going to be interesting to see what, how that's going to wrap around. Well, it looks like exciting times out there, and and uh... Have you been able to kind of go out and watch some of the college games in person? Um, I was actually had the opportunity to go um, to South Bend to watch a Notre Dame play. They played Wisconsin um, on Friday night. We got to watch them play. So I got to watch uh, Landon Slager play and Ryder Rolston, uh, who are both Blackhawks prospects. Um, so I got to watch them play at a collegiate level. Um, the last one before that, the last time I watched something collegiate like that was um, I was working with Regent Sports Network, and they uh, they did an outdoor game kind of deal in Crown Point where they had Purdue Northwest um, hockey team play Michigan's club team. So it wasn't the, the big club, but it was just a club team. So they got to go, you know, they came and played. Um, so that's probably been the closest that I've really gotten, you know, to a college level. I obviously went to Notre Dame. That would you know, that's the college level there. But I, anything higher than that would be NHL. I really want to get to a Rockford game, but it's just so far away, so I may have to 
line it up to go to a Wolves game when Rockford's playing them. So Now, when you were at Notre Dame, did you happen to run across Ryder Ralston's dad, Brian Ralston? Because I when, did not. <laughs> when Brian Ralston played for Minnesota, my wife had the biggest crush on him. I think if, if I gave her a free pass, I think she would use a free pass for Brian Ralston. So, well, you know, it just dates both like of that. us that his um, kid's going to be playing pro hockey soon. Um, like I said, it, it was a different, you know, um, different experience. You know, we got we got there first, and it was we were only in the standing room only. And we kind of stand by the, behind the student section, and we're like, all right, we kind of got to move because they're, they're not sitting down. I mean, I've always been a big college fan of, you know, any college-level sport, um, just to get the fans involved, the students. It's always just a different atmosphere uh, versus a pro team versus college. It's just the, the atmosphere is always different. No matter who who it is, where you go, um, you know, I went to uh, this year when Notre Dame played Marshall. I went to that game, and it was just a different experience because we sat right next to Marshall so they were kind of bantering back and forth, that kind of stuff. So it's always, a, you know, no matter where you go in college, you can kind of always get that atmosphere no matter the size of the game. Exciting to hear you're an Army guy too. Uh, so so where, what, what was your uh, MLS in the Army? Uh, so I was an 88 Mike. Um, for people that don't know, that was truck driver basically. I was, um, I didn't go active. I was reserved. I kind of want to stay close at home because I wasn't really sure what I wanted to do. Um, outside of out of that, so it's kind of I didn't want to leave home right away, and I didn't you know that kind of deal on um, college money sometimes helps out with that. Uh, but you know, truck driver, I was uh, stationed. My reserve unit was in uh, uh, it's called New Chicago, but it's more towards like Hobart that kind of deal. Um, okay. So I was more of a fuel truck driver that hauled fuel that kind of stuff. Awesome, excellent. If people want to catch your show, Kyle, where do they go to? Uh, they can go on Facebook to Railcast Talk, um, YouTube Railcast Talk. That's where I post all of my podcasts up there. Um, same thing on Twitter, Railcast Talk. Um, if you want to catch me there, you can. Um, I do have a personal Twitter handle, which is uh, K Savetich with K in my last name. But that's just kind of more of a retweet kind of tool. I kind of live my life <laughs> a little bit through the Railcast Talk podcast. Um, I, you know, that's kind of where I put my persona out on. So name kind of comes second, podcast comes first in that realm. But that's where you can find me on YouTube, uh, Twitter, or Facebook. Well, Kyle, we appreciate you joining us tonight. But, but you're a first-time guest, so you're going to get to learn here today. So uh, we always allow our guests to give us a final thought for tonight. So whatever you'd like to talk about, the floor is yours. <laughs> oh, Lord. Um, I guess... My, my biggest thing since it's coming to the American Association um, is going to be this uh, time clock, uh, the pitch clock, I should say, and how I think it will help improve the game of baseball. And to a certain extent, they've already talked about an affiliate ball where I think they knocked down an average of 45 minutes. I'm not quite sure on that. But the players kind of get into rhythm and it kind of going forward. I know a lot of the fans that I've talked to are concerned about the boards being distracting um, but with the American Association, sometimes those games can go on forever. So it would be kind of nice to kind of get the ball rolling a little bit. Um, baseball needs a little. I know everyone doesn't want, you know, baseball to change, and it's that kind of league where 
you know, you don't want the new stuff to come in. But I, I think the the pitch clock will help out in the long term to thing, kind of keep people focused on the game and not, you know, taking a minute to throw a pitch after throwing a wild one over the, you know, just kind of get back in the rhythm of the game. So I think the pitch clock is a good thing. I know people will disagree, but that's my hot take. Fantastic. Kyle, thanks for joining us this week. Yeah, thanks for doing this. Well, thank you. Yep, no, thank you guys. Uh, anytime that you want to do it, I'll, I'm more than willing to happy to come on and talk about American Association or the Railcat. So um, thank you guys. I appreciate um, everything that you guys are doing. Um, listen to your podcast. I, I've learned a lot in a little bit of time, so I, I really appreciate you guys allowing me to be on your show. It's meant a lot. Well, Kevin, great having Kyle Savetich. Savetich, I guess I man, I'm going to have to get this down here, so I'm saying it correctly. So great having Kyle on here with us tonight, and uh, interesting to see. You know, we don't really hear about people having a podcast show about their team out there. So great to see somebody stepping up and getting those railcasts out there. And I think if he goes along on this and sticks with it, I think he's going to find it's going to open a lot of doors for him and lead to even bigger things. Yeah, I'm I'm hoping that's the case because got a good speaking voice and really confident talking too. So he did a good job out there. Well, Kevin, before we dive into talking about transactions and things going on around the league, the big news today: Steve Schuster going to join the New York Mets organization as one of their stat analyzing guys and analysis or, or analyst, whatever the word is there. Um, so Steve's obviously been a huge uh, guy in the American Association for many years out there, but big move for him. You know, when I heard that he was moving on, first thing I, to the Mets, I thought, oh, great, he's going to be moving up the broadcasting chain. And then I looked a little further, like, oh, wait a minute. This has to be a first or a broadcaster in this league has moved up, but not to a broadcasting role, but to a different role within a major league organization. So, you know, pretty exciting for Steve to – get this opportunity to move back closer to home and we'll see what it leads to because we all know from listening to this broadcast, I mean, he's, there's nobody better when it comes to knowing player stats and getting into all the numbers that is involved with baseball. Yeah, I, I agree with you, Kevin. You know, sometimes we, we hear those stats and look at them with our eyes glazed over like, I don't really get this, but boy, Steve understands that stuff very well. Uh, by the way that Major League Baseball is moving to all of these stats, or actually you should say has already moved to all of these stats, uh, he, he's a perfect guy to fit into that there. And uh, the Mets have made some big moves in the offseason, so we may be talking about Steve Schuster as a world champion here ten, eight months from now or something. So uh, congratulations to him out there. I think that's pretty cool. So like you said, you know, not, not an interesting we, – we don't hear about a person getting involved in that portion of the game at the affiliate level. So uh, – Hopefully this will open the door for some other people who might be interested, like Kyle um, Lazuski, who's there with Milwaukee, does that kind of stuff. And I would not be surprised to him to get that kind of a call at some point. So hopefully that will work out. So, Well, Kevin, let's talk a little bit about what's going on out there. We, we discussed this a little bit with Kyle, but, um, man, a lot of transactions for the Gary South Shore Railcats they bring a lot of their guys back from last season, Sam Abbott, LG Castillo, Edward Cuello, Jack Eisenberger, uh, today was Victor Nova and Julio Vivas. I believe that they signed 17 guys uh, yesterday and today. Uh, wow! You know, with, uh, and not not just offering contracts or you know retaining their rights. These are guys that actually got signed. And 
and we don't usually see this many players already locked into a contract for a club, you know, coming to the end of January. But it looks like Lamar Rogers is ready to get into baseball right now. And maybe as the season begins, that that can be an advantage because you don't have to worry about what your team chemistry is or how your lineup's developing. If you go into the season kind of knowing where you stand within the team, I think that's a huge advantage when you start the year. You know, we we talk about this a lot, Kevin, because it's interesting to see how managers, some decide to wait. We talked about George Samus is usually down to half his roster gets signed days after, you know, before spring training gets underway. But, you know, I, I in this day and age where it seems it's a little more difficult to find players, it, it seems like it's the smarter move to try to sign guys right now. And if you find a gem later on, you know, you unfortunately have to cut somebody to make that move. I, I admire Lamar for going out there and stepping up right off the bat. Hey, and I think um... – where he's trying to establish an identity with the real cats too. I, I just think it's a right move and try to just, just get some continuity, which that ball club has not seen in so many years. So, no, I think it's got to be a pretty exciting time to be a real cat fan. A couple of guys this week joined major league organizations. Uh, Lake Country sent outfielder Jack Snyder to the Colorado Rockies, so congratulations to Jake. And Winnipeg had contract of right-handed pitcher Will McAfer transferred to the Kansas City Royals. So congratulations to Will as well. Uh, a big deal to complete a trade, Kevin, is Winnipeg sends Reggie Pruitt to Milwaukee. Uh, Pruitt had a fine season last year for the Gold Eyes, and it looks like uh, manager uh, Anthony Barone there in Milwaukee has his outfield set for next year. Going to be some serious wheels out there between Pruitt and Krause. Yeah, well, you're not kidding about that. Winnipeg also signs catcher Hideko Gonzalez, returns to the club. Jackson Smith, who played for Winnipeg last season, also signed by the team. Sioux Falls re-signs catcher Shamoy Christopher and right-handed pitcher Charlie Hasty. Plus, they add right-handed pitcher Christian Johnson today. Uh, we'll learn a little bit more about him and be prepared to talk about him as the season's approaching. The big deal, I think, this, this past week, Kevin, was Fargo leaped into that pitching staff from last season and re-signed Davis Feldman and Tyler Grauer, who were part of the top, maybe the top, pitching staff and, the, and for sure the starting staff in the American Association. And those are two guys you got to be real happy are going to be going out on the mound every five days. I'm really surprised that no major league organization took a, took a chance on Tyler Grauer because, boy, for a better part of the season, I don't think you could have found a better left-hander in the league. And for full disclosure out there, fans, Kevin Luco was not just saying that like, uh, you know, he was wishful thinking. He was actually advocating for this guy with scouts out there to say, look, this is a, a, a guy who really deserves a chance. You're talking about, and Kevin, a guy who's been watching this level of baseball for 30 years. I mean, he, he knows when a guy is a real talented person out there. And, and it is a surprising because Grower looked fantastic, had a great playoffs for the club as well. I mean, I, I guess there's still a month before spring training gets underway, and you never know what could happen out there. But it just seemed like this was a no-brainer for somebody to give this guy a shot. And, yeah, especially a left-hander, too, that, you know, that the organization just seemed to covet. A guy we like as well, Kevin, uh, Milwaukee uh, announced that Chris Conley, Chris Conley, excuse me, was um, Chris Conley. Is it Chris? Chris. I think it's Chris. Yeah, okay. I, I did say it right in the first place. Uh, is retiring. A, a guy who's had, 
you know, never had the huge offensive numbers. The guys love pitching to him, just a great defensive catcher, calls a great game, and he'll be missed in Milwaukee. I believe he's the, correct me if I'm wrong, is he the last original milkman from the 2019 team? I believe you are correct in that, sir. And I believe he also had their first um, home run, too, in their first game in St. Paul. That's right. We were there to watch that, as a matter of fact. So uh, uh, that was, that, man, that was a long time ago. <laughs> we were getting old, Kevin. All oh, right. Yeah. Uh, also out there, Cleveland signs left-handed pitcher Miguel uh, Asua, I believe is the way that is said, and infielder Santiago Rincon. So uh, Logan Watkins also has been pretty active as we've been uh, heading into January, trying to start to get that club ready for the season. So um, I'm interested to see what Cleveland is going to be like this year, Kevin, because, you know, we both really liked what Logan was able to do with that club in the last half of the season. And, um, man, I'm I'm, now that he's got the routine of signing his own players and building his own club down, this this could really be a dangerous team. He doesn't have the visa issues like he – had to deal with last year, too, where some guys he was counting on he was not able to get. So, you know, I think he'll be he'll be at full strength to start the entire season. So should be interesting. Absolutely. Looking forward to that. For those out there interested, American Association says that they're still looking for uh, their baseball operations intern as well as media personalities and live content creators. So if you're looking for a job or an opportunity to break into the um, sports world and get it, especially on the broadcasting or media side, uh, American Association giving some great opportunities out there. So reach out to the league. They have a, a link out there on their website uh, at aabaseball.com where you can learn a little bit about those positions. So I do want to give a little plug for that because um, those are the people we'll wind up dealing with along the way, Kevin. So we want to make sure guys are really getting involved and excited about these opportunities they have out there. And, you know, working for baseball isn't a bad job, Kevin. No, no, I, I can think of worse gigs out there. And as we see in so many broadcasters this league, um, this league can just be a stepping stone to even bigger things. But, you know, you got, you have to start somewhere. Absolutely. And, that, that you know, this is a, a great opportunity to not only, you know, to follow a sport maybe you've loved your entire life, but to get to know players and managers and, uh, you know, executives out there. It's, it's a lot of fun, so definitely want to get in on that. Uh, out there in the Atlantic League, the South Southern Maryland Blue Crabs named the rest of their coaching staff. Of course, manager Stan Clyburn returning back to the club, but also pitching coach Daryl Thompson will be back with the team. Hitting coach will be Ray Ortega this season, and the bench coach, uh, will be, who is also serving as one of the outfielders, will be Braxton Lee for this upcoming season. So, um, we we have a little soft spot out there for Stan Clyburn since his brother is pitching coach there for the Chicago Dogs, and so we, we hope they're continuing to do well out there. So good for them. Uh, out there in the Frontier League, uh, they're just looking at promotional schedules right now and uh, player signings at this particular moment. Nothing really leaps out at me at this point about this team. Uh, looking over their transactions, I don't see anybody that has big names out there that we're familiar with from American Association. So... Um, but they're they're getting closer into their times out there, and it's where we're hoping people like um, Tom Bates and guys out there that we know are and Bobby Brown now we should say as well are are doing well out there in the league. So Australian baseball, 
closing out in their playoffs. It looks like some exciting stuff going on there with some game threes down under, Kevin. Yeah, I have to say I'm guilty. I haven't really been following it, but um sound like um first um knocked off Brisbane and Brisbane season. Yeah, and they had a they were like ten games better than everybody else or something. So that was a pretty big upset. So so good for them out there. So fantastic. Well, I think that's all that's around American Association and independent baseball in general, Kevin. Um, we're, I believe, about 109 days or so away from spring training, I think. Maybe a few days less than that. So almost under 100, Kevin. We're getting close. Yeah, we're, um, maybe we're going to finally eventually turn the corner on the eternal winter and Start seeing some light at the end of the tunnel as we get closer to springtime. There is sunshine out there somewhere in a green field <laughs> somewhere out there. Well, that's fantastic. Next week, we're hoping to have Steve Schuster join us. Uh, he, he talked to him a little bit today, and he's trying to work out a schedule to join us, talk a little bit about his new position, because I'm interested to see how he even got himself into that spot and you know, what exactly he's going to be doing there with the Mets. So that should be fun to learn about. But before we uh, end tonight's show, it's always the best part of the show, the Kevin Luco final thoughts. Going to do a three-tier one here. Um, first of all, with the news of today, and I'm sorry, but I'm going to keep advocating this until I'm blue in the face or until something good happens. There's an opening in the Winnipeg Gold Eyes broadcast booth with Steve Schuster leaving, and... It's a prime opportunity for Winnipeg to bring in a really good broadcaster, someone that has an unbridled passion for American Association baseball with um, our good friend Dan Vaughn. So I'm keeping my fingers crossed that um, maybe Winnipeg and Dan Vaughn can make something work up there and we can have our good friend back where he belongs in the American Association broadcast booth. I think fans, you know, it's a different style than Steve, mind you, but I think it's a style that I think fans up there would just love. Um, Second part of this is I really have to shout out an endorsement for the Great American Popcorn Company. I've been snacking on their salted caramel popcorn that I bought at a gas station somewhere near Beloit, Wisconsin. Even though when outdated January 11th, still very good. And a shout out to my dog Yoshi for the this, tonight is history for the first time in this week in association history. Uh, my dog has sat in on the broadcast tonight, and he laid here the whole time listening. Yeah, he had some caramel corn too, but he listened into the whole broadcast. Didn't make a noise. Didn't want to leave the room. So. He's been a good boy. So for those out there, um, Yoshi was, uh, we adopted him as a puppy. So anyone out there that's got room in their house and want to have a pet, I definitely encourage um, bringing a dog and giving a dog a home, especially a rescue dog. Fantastic. Loving it. We want to thank Kyle Savetich for joining us here again this week. Again next week, we hope to have Steve Schuster on the program to uh, talk a little bit about his new position. So go out there and check out Kyle, too, on his podcast show, as he talked about there. And uh, for Kevin Luco, I'm Rob Panier. We'll see you next time on This Week in the Association. <laughs>